0: Back. Welcome back to the Flat Out RC Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things radio control flight. We're talking planes, helis, and drones. My name is Andrew Sill. I'm the host of this podcast, and thanks once again for joining me. And I'll tell you what, this podcast is another big one. I, you know, I often say that, but it's not every day that you get one of the world's best pilots onto a podcast especially one that is uh, from overseas. Now we're recording this podcast down here in Australia, in Melbourne, Australia. Lockdown Melbourne, Australia. But joining me today is none other than the Austrian great Gurno Brookman. Gurno is one of the biggest figures in uh, aerobatic competition, pattern flying, gliding, you name it. He's just an all-round aeromodelling gun with amazing flying abilities. So we will be having a great chat with the great man Gurno Brookman later in the show. But before we get to that, we have some news. I'm pretty excited to have some news this week because if you've been following the podcast, you know that the news has been pretty light on. But do have some news, thanks to Horizon Hobby, that they've got some new products that are coming out now. The first one being an update to the Real Flight uh, simulator. Real Flight Nine was the previous model. Now they've got a nine point five edition of Real Flight. Now, having a look at it, everyone wants to know what's the difference. And to be honest. It looks like all they've done is add some newer models. And generally what they do when they add their models, they add models that they've developed, you know, that are in the Horizon Hobby stable, so E-Flight stuff and all that kind of stuff. So what have they added? Hobby Zone Scout, E-Flight Harbu STS 70mm, F-15 Eagle 64mm, jet, F-16 Thunderbird, EDF Jet, E-Flight A10 Thunderbolt 2, the E-Flight V1200. We'll talk about that next. Uh, new little prop powered pilot kind of plane. The Cirrus SR22 Foamy and an E Flight P 51D Mustang, Twin Otter, mix Timber, you get the drift. Uh, the biggest one for me out of all this is the Hangar 9 Pitts S2B 50 to 60cc. Yeah, that's their latest Pitts plane. That's the only one that really stands out for me. Everything else, I find with Foamies on the uh, sim, they're just pretty boring to fly, don't do much. Most of us like to go to the giant scale aircraft and they're easier to see in, you know, on the sim and stuff like that. So uh, the other addition that I'm I, uh, interested to see because I do have Real Flight Nine, and so if you've got Real Flight Nine, you automatically get the free upgrade to Nine Point Five. Is they've added an extra photorealistic field, which is an AMA flying site, uh, which looks actually quite good. I saw some screenshots, and I'm I'm excited to to try that field out because I love a good photorealistic field and. Uh, having more options in that regard is good. See, the good thing about real flight, really is this ability to get onto the knife edge swap pages online and download different models that other people have created and different schemes and all that kind of stuff. And so most of us that are avid simmers are doing that, getting planes that have been tweaked to fly a little bit better, a bit more realistic, especially the aerobatic guys. Realistically, the people, I keep on saying realistically today, (laughs) honestly speaking, most people that are getting onto simulators are people that like aerobatics or helis because you need to practice uh, to, to get that skill before you go to the full size thing. But the sims are great if you're learning. Like I was talking to the landlord of my office, who's a good bloke, and um, he said, oh, his son's interested in getting a model airplane and told told him to have a chat with me. And I, and I said to the dad, get a simulator. First step, get a simulator, get a transmitter, start learning how to fly the thing on the computer because you'll then transition to full life a lot easier trust me it's been proven to work uh people say it's not like the real thing but your brain doesn't know that your brain doesn't know that uh it's different the stick movements are exactly the same and that's the main thing is you're training your brain to know which way to move the sticks. so simulators are very handy in that regard so real flight 9.5 it comes in a digital download you can buy it with uh their transmitter which is actually not a bad solution. I've got one of their transmitters plugs in via USB into your computer and off you go, nice and simple. You don't have to worry about grabbing your transmitter out of its case wherever you keep it, just have a the SIM transmitter handy to go. Oh, I really enjoy using that. SIM I've been getting on a bit. Now, speaking of SIMs, if you didn't realize uh last week, last Friday night we trialed a uh live streaming sim session to the flat out rc facebook page uh it was a bit of a trial i had uh, my sim buddy brad worm the young young kid from down here in victoria in country victoria i had adrian coro a good friend jump online as well a great aerobatic pilot so just getting online having a bit of fun may do that now and again haven't decided whether to continue was really hard streaming because of the uh, the data rates and my my, my simming computer is a pretty old computer, so I think it was struggling a bit. But uh, looking back at the footage, it was sort of passable. But anyway, that was just for a bit of fun. Uh, that's all it is. Uh, so real flight nine point five. Um, it's not out yet. It's out for pre order, but uh, so just keep an eye out for that real flight nine point five. Looks like they've kept all the physics the same. It's really just an addition of a flying sight and some extra. Um, Extra models and update to some of the models that Horizon Hobby uh offer. So, if you're into those e flight kind of planes, hobby zone, those kind of things, they have added a Synergy RC 696 helicopter to it, which would be nice. They always say and more. What do you mean and more? Anyway, Real Flight 9.5 out now. Another product coming from Horizon they've talked about is this V1200 1.2 meter uh speedster i'm gonna call it a speedster prop driven electric plane uh designed to go fast what are some of its features they reckon that you can run on a 4s or a 6s lipo pack on a 6s pack they're saying you can get up to 225 kilometers per hour speeds with it which means it's hauling that's that's moving uh that's that's yeah Great, great speed. It's got 100-amp Spectrum ESC in it. Uh, Bind and Fly or PNP. So if you're a Spectrum user, you can just buy the Bind and Fly version or the PNP. add your own transmitter and off you go. So you've got that choice as well. And of course, everything now is moving. Every time they have one of these planes, I always have the, the smart technology and all that kind of stuff, which I'm not a big fan of personally because I just think that it. who uses it, you know, you're not going to go and buy this plane as a beginner and fly it. Why do you need all that, those aids? Sometimes gyros can help out, but um, if you like that kind of thing, smooth out the flight. Now, um, yeah, what else to say? Look good, fly fast, and fly smart. So they're using all this, their smart technology. Uh, what are they saying 4s 5s and 6s batteries from 3200 to 7000 milliamp hour i don't think you're gonna get a 6s 7000 milliamp hour pack in there you probably get the 3200 maybe a 4s bigger size 4s uh 10x8 prop on it It looks quite nice actually spinner looks really good on it it's got the safe technology if you want um as3x gyro in it six factory installed digital metal gear surveys with precise ball length equipped linkages well done Love a ball link. Uh, ball links are my preferred linkages uh, on aircraft. They just... No slop. It's the way to go. Flaps. Functional flaps for shorter takeoffs and landings plus improved slow flight performance. It's pretty good. Uh, electric retracts with sprung wire struts for operation from a variety of surfaces, including grass. What are the wheel size like. Pretty good, actually. They've thought this plane out, you know. they really thought about it. Uh bolt on wings, stab for extremely quick and easy assembly. High-density EPO foam. Uh, large and convenient magnetically secured top hatch. It's a blue and white scheme. Don't mind it. A friend of mine sent me a link to this, and I said, oh, I'm not really into these kind of planes. But when I read about it, it's actually not too bad. My flaps on it make it exciting. A bit more to do when it retracts. Uh, made of EPO foam. So it's foamy. No glues required for assembly. In total of six screws install the stabs plus the one piece wing that attaches and removes easily. So we're looking at the 1.2 meter wingspan. Brushless power, of course. As we come to expect, less than one hour they reckon to get it up and running. Flying weight, 2,000 grams to 25,000 grams. That's a pretty broad range, people. I think there's a typo there. Two thousand grams to twenty five thousand grams. Maybe that's twenty five hundred. Uh, I think it's a mistake. Six channels. What else can we say about it? I'm looking for the I'm thinking of the spinner size. Pretty big spinner, two point five inch. Wing area, not too bad. One point two meter wingspan. So there you go. It's the V twelve hundred from E Flight. Pre-order now, if you want something that goes fast, prop-powered plane, something's going to give you a bit of an adrenaline rush. But you've also got that ability to have the flaps on there as well. This could be a little fun machine, actually. This could be a lot of fun, this plane. Starting to come around to it. It's actually quite a nice-looking plane. The size is not too bad. It's going to haul. It's going to go hard. But uh, I wonder how good those flaps are going to be. I wonder how slow the plane can fly because it's really hard to find a plane that can fly really fast and that can also fly slow really well. So anyway, putting flaps in it could uh, could help. It's only a small wingspan, so sometimes the flaps don't work that great on small wingspan stuff, but you know, you give it a go. 1200 V1200, wouldn't mind having one if anyone wants to send me one for review. Love to have one. But there you go. A couple of products there from Horizon Hobby. Real Flight 9.5 out and the E-Flight V1200 Speedster prop powered plane. <laughs> Well, it's my great pleasure today to have a very special guest on the Flat Out RC podcast, and that guest is Gurno Brookman. Now, Gurno comes from Austria and is probably known as one of the world's best competitive aerobatic pilots. There's not an event that Gurno has entered that he hasn't finished in the top three, including the F three A Pattern World Championships that were held uh, I think last year. Would have been last year. Uh, he came third, and if anybody's competed in F3A, you know what a monumental feat that is to end up on the podium behind some of the uh, the world's greatest pattern flyers. He's competed at the XFC in the US. He's he's won the Tucson Aerobatic Shootout. He's won the uh, European Extreme Flying Championships and IMAC events, pattern events, indoor world championship. You know, the guy has done it all now he'll tell us about his history and the hobby and that kind of thing. And, but let's just say he's been doing it since he was a young kid and the whole family's involved in it. And it was just an interesting chat to hear from literally one of the world's greatest uh, aerobatic pilots out there, but he's not just into aerobatics. So don't tune out if you're not an aerobatics fan, because he's into model building. He's involved in the industry. He flies gliders as well and involved in manufacturing gliders with his dad. So Enough for me. Over to our chat between Gurno Brookman and myself. Well, it's my pleasure today to have what I consider one of the biggest names in the radio control flying hobby, in Gurno Brookman, all the way from Austria. Gurno, thanks for joining me.
1: Yes, it's a pleasure to be here with you and talking about my model airplane life a little bit.
0: <laughs> well, your your life is really model airplanes where did that all start
1: yes it's true all my life goes around model airplanes (laughs) not much else i do uh all started uh my parents are flying model airplanes my my dad and my mom learned flying model airplanes together and my dad is is in the model airplane business since many many years and building mostly gliders so I, I grew up with model airplanes everywhere in the house and I was on the airfield all the time since I was a little baby. And so it happened that one day uh, my dad learned me how to fly. I was about six years old yeah. and then everything started.
0: Now, back in those days, uh, what what plane did you first start with? What did your dad get you to fly first?
1: Um this was a a wooden glider. It was called Panda for multiplex. Yeah. It was just with elevator and rudder, but I was not very good in flying with this plane. I don't know, was not very talented at the beginning. <laughs> and then my 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 dad built uh own glider with electric engine with ailerons, rudder, elevator and engine. And then with teacher student mode I I learned to fly it quite good and that's how it started
0: did it did, did it come naturally to you or did is it something that you had to work on to, to build up the skill
1: i don't remember exactly but i i was flying really a lot when i was a kid yeah. <laughs> because at these days it was not there was no flight simulator available and no for and whatever yeah and so i really Flew with normal planes really a lot and had a lot of fun with them. And so I grew up with bigger planes and that's how it all began.
0: Yeah. Now you're very much known as an aerobatics pilot, and we'll talk a bit about some of the planes that you fly because you fly a lot of different things, but really around the world, you're known as one of the best aerobatic pilots. How, was aerobatics something that your father was into and, and, and you started doing it or you know when did that journey in aerobatics begin
1: um it, it was like this that my dad mostly built aerobatic gliders but he mostly did the the towing side so he was the towing airplane pilot yeah. and i grew up with with glider aerobatics and i did my first competition in a glider aerobatic contest in the year 2000 so 20 years ago mm. <laughs> and that's how it started and the friend of us in my home club always wanted to do uh, aerobatics with gas planes and then he and my dad built the first Yak 55 and that's how I came into uh, aerobatics in 2001 with with my first Yak 55 with yeah. gas engines
0: so you're a young guy then and So you started flying, uh, the aerobatics and uh, was it something that you really loved and therefore spent a lot of time doing it?
1: Yes, definitely. It's, it's still the main part I like in the hobby It's the aerobatic side. It's just nice to fly all these different maneuvers and try to fly them as precise as possible. And that's really challenging and I, I really like to do it
0: and did you have any uh influences that were that you looked up to back then when you were starting out in aerobatics
1: yes of course at this day still the TOC was yeah. taking place because last one was in 2002 and I I knew all the the videos of this time and it was always nice to to look up to to all these good pilots and then it was was nice to see a few of them, the German Aquamaster in two thousand three in person for the first time. So it was a good time.
0: Yeah, a pity I missed that that tournament of champions doesn't run anymore because it was such yeah. an influential event and probably yes, the definitely. biggest aerobatic event. And uh, we've got the XFC and we've got AXFC, which are which are good as well. Uh, but that tournament of champions is really yeah like you I saw some of the videos actually only about 10 years ago I saw the videos A friend of mine gave me a, a, a tape of the uh of the tournament of champions and you know chip Hyde flying and Jason yeah. Schulman and all those guys it was just oh, yeah. it's amazing it, 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 but uh, it, was,
1: it was something different I think it was something special as well because of this Las Vegas location and yeah. it was something special and it's pretty that nothing else similar like this is taking place nowadays, but that's how it is.
0: There was also quite a um the prize money was quite good for that event as well. I, I, I saw, yes, I saw it on a website, least. but you had uh that event was partly put on by a casino in Las Vegas, so they had plenty of money and they could I, I can't remember the yeah. prize pool got up to you know, a few hundred thousand, I think, but it was uh, that's what oh, I'd love to have something like that. That'd be that'd be great. Uh to see the the world's best pilots. In las vegas doing the tournament Just, of champions would be great yeah. now so you that began you began competing in aerobatics was it imac you were competing in or was it pattern you know what was your first entry into the competitive scene
1: um in in gas aerobatics i i started to competing in kind of imac so with the, with the big planes uh it was not called imac in this time in europe it was called a little bit different but it was the same same way it was with known unknowns and then there was a freestyle as well so that that's how i begin uh my pattern career start started a long time later
0: (laughs) yeah is it something that the pattern side of your flying or competition was that just to challenge yourself to do something different outside of the imac area
1: um it was it it was something interesting for me because in at this time in in europe i was quite on the top on i side and then everybody said oh you have to come to f2a and and because that's the real aerobatic class which i don't know if it's really true but it's it's challenging and very interesting and uh, the everybody has to dream the dream if you are top pilot to get world champion one day and it's it's only possible in f 3 to get an FAI World Champion in aerobatic class, so that's definitely a point which I would like to reach one day. But nobody knows if it's going to happen because there are so many good pilots around the world. It's really hard.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a very very competitive that pattern scene, uh, you know. So to, to, yes. to be crowned the world champion is a very big effort. What did you come in the last world championship?
1: Uh, I was third last year. Okay, so this the, was like, my, my first podium on FTA World Championship.
0: That's still absolutely amazing. Like, you know, uh, yeah. to, to get third I was,
1: place. I was re- who Who won it that year? I was really happy about it. Uh, it was, again, Christoph Bissoli. Oh, yeah. So he, and then who, who was second? He's the champ since many years. Uh, the two the from Japan was Okay,
0: second. yeah, so they're, they're two great pilots there. Yeah. So to be top three. Yeah. And actually, when I was doing some research on your competitive uh, uh, flying, you've generally placed on the podium in really all the major events around the world. You've either been first or third at some point in time. So you're doing something right. How much, when you prepare for a competition, uh, do you have a structured plan or what do you focus on when, when you are preparing for a a competition?
1: It's of course always different. It depends on the, on the, on the competition. If normally in a, beginning of the year i have some some main contests which are very important it's always world championship or for example there's never aerobatic shootout and then you try to prepare for these events as good as possible and i always of course you start in the early time of the year to prepare the planes and try to get everything ready and then it's just about a lot of flying 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 Thank a lot you. of practice and trying to make make your flights as perfect as possible yeah but everybody does it this way so it's it's always very hard so
0: I always say you know that whenever I speak to a really good pilot it's it's all about the time that you spend practicing how often Definitely. are you getting to the flying field to to practice
1: uh it's it's different very often in summer there will are uh, contests from Friday till Sunday, so it's I, I'm on the practice field from Monday to Wednesday, so about three days, then one day off, and then there is a contest or something like this. So that's how it mainly is. Yeah, so that's a,
0: it. It's really it's almost like being a professional if you, if you're spending that much time, and then of course being in Austria, which is a lovely country, and I've been to Austria a number of times. Uh, but when winter nice. comes, when winter comes, well, you have to go indoors because you won't be flying outdoors. It's a bit yep. too cold and a bit too much snow. So you're also very, very yes. good at the F3P indoor flying, which in Australia, we don't do a lot of indoor flying. It's very, 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 you know, very rare that people will fly indoor. But um, yep. you've also been competing in that for a long time. When did you first start competing in indoor competition?
1: My first indoor contest was in 2007. It was the German Indoor Championship. So it actually quite a long time ago. And it was just the beginning of FGP. And the planes were a lot heavier and faster than nowadays. And the sequences are well, uh, not uh, as difficult as they are nowadays. But it was a good progress since this day. In the F2P class, it's it's very interesting how the planes are built today and how they fly and how precise they are. It's really interesting class, and I I really enjoy to do it since many years.
0: It, it's one of those categories yeah. where you build your own plane, don't you?
1: You design it. Definitely, build. I. Yeah. Yes, that that's how I do it. Since since the beginning, I always had my own design F2P <sighs> planes.
0: Yeah. Well, I. The the last World Championships were in Greece, weren't they?
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah, this was the 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 fourth World Championship in FPP.
0: Yeah, well, I I logged online. They were playing. Uh, there was a live stream of the flights, and yes. Uh, yes. My a good friend of mine is Martin Brandmuller, and he said, "Oh, he's competing," and yeah. I, so I got on, and um, and uh, you're always the man to beat because you're so good. You're always a man to beat. But I watched your flights, and they were just absolutely phenomenal, and. The other thing that I like about that indoor side is I'm a a big fan of freestyle aerobatics, aeromusicals. I think it's just Mm -hmm. it's probably the most entertaining competition that you can have when you've got to put on a performance to music. Is you you fly a lot of different uh, events, different categories, disciplines? Do you have a favorite? You know, do you like freestyle versus? A pattern or you know is, do you have a favorite category out of all the different ones that you fly uh
1: when i when i was younger i definitely lo- loved the freestyle as everybody does but nowadays uh, as i focus so much on on pattern and imac and f sequence flying freestyle is not that main focus anymore on my competition side so i i, I really like the the precision side more than the freestyle it's still still a, I really like to fly the freestyle with music and effects and smoke and but I'm, I'm not doing this really hard crazy freestyle like all these young guys do nowadays I may I may be too old for that <laughs> too uh, yeah how
0: old are you now 28 is it
1: <laughs> 28 yeah, oh,
0: yeah you're, too, you're way too old now you're gonna have to have to slow down. You won't be able to keep up. But no, it's true though that the, have you noticed that change in freestyle that uh, it's become quite aggressive in, in, the, in the flying. So we've got you know, people like Jay yes. Ducia And I always say that the European style of freestyle is still quite different to say the American style. And I sit in the middle of mm-hmm. both, you know, as far as what I like. But do you, are, are you a fan of the new style of freestyle, the more aggressive style?
1: it's very impressive to see how how good they can handle their planes in this low level and always risk their planes but I'm a little bit more favorite of the I would say older style more precise style to music and not this aggressive style that's more my favorite side but yeah everybody's different
0: no that's true it's a it's 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 one of those things it's a it's it's a bit like what kind of music style do you like but there's there's no right answer it's uh I and mean, personally, I like a bit of a mixture of both. I, I think that if an aggressive flight that goes for four minutes and it's aggressive from the start to the finish, it's just too much. It's like yeah. someone running around in circles yes. nonstop. But I like that that combination. Definitely. But I can I can imagine see, preparing for a freestyle competition. It's quite involved because you've got to select your music and then you've got to create the routine, whereas with Patton and iMac, you're given the routine and you just need to practice those maneuvers. Um, so yeah, it takes. I'd say it takes a bit more time to prepare for freestyle, and there's there's really not that many freestyle events. I don't think. Well, now with the whole COVID situation, there's you know the EXFC that was uh, that was supposed to be on this year, wasn't the EXFC?
1: I think it was supposed to be on this year. Yeah. 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 O- almost, almost all events were canceled this year. So it was, or something different.
0: <laughs> oh, well, You know, we've had everything canceled here in Australia. Uh, we currently, yeah. where I live in, in Victoria, we can't move more than five kilometers from our house. So there is no flying happening. We're, we're building models at the moment. That's what we're all doing here. Now, uh, speaking of building models, uh, Yes. I am amazed at the models that you build, and you've actually created. You know, when we talk about your life being in the hobby, you've actually embraced the industry side of things as well uh, with the GB Models brand. Now, tell me a bit about uh, GB Models, and then we'll get, and then we'll talk about some of the models. So, what is GB Models all about?
1: Yes, it's uh, when I finished school, uh, there was the idea what should i do next and then i started this gv model brand together with good friends from the company Hepf here in austria and we started this brand together he was i i made the designs and the ideas for the for the planes and he made the the business side of it and so it, it all started with this china produced planes and but nowadays it, it changed a little bit because my, my dad is in the model airplane business side since, I don't know, 35 years, something like this. Hmm. And I work a lot together with him, doing projects together with him, building together with him. I, I designed my own F3 planes since many years, which I sell as kids and I, I made my own jet, the BD5 yeah, as a kid and we. We always do some projects together with my dad, and that's how my business side looks nowadays. I'm, I'm building model airplanes for customers.
0: Talking about the build, the building service that you provide, now, let's just keep in mind that, Gunnar, I've never seen you build a small plane. Everything seems to be giant. The gliders are giant. The jets are giant. Uh, yes. That building service, <laughs> is there a big demand in Europe for someone to build those kind of models?
1: Um it's it all came that my, my dad mostly builds only bigger gliders, so five meter wingspan and more. So it just came in this way that I started this side as well because there were not so many companies who are building planes in this size here in, here in Europe. And so it's just easier to do because there were so many smaller planes from from Czech, from China where the salary is, is quite lower so the planes are cheaper so it's hard to compete with them so we, we we try to to stay on our own business side with the bigger models and we love to do it and it's, it's always a lot of interesting stuff to design something new and big and just and still be below the the weight limits and everything like that. Mm. So that's makes it really interesting.
0: So are you involved in the actual design of the, you know, the models, you know, getting in and to them on the computer and, and that kind of thing, or are you working with another manufacturer?
1: No, if, if we do new planes, for example, F3A or gliders, we all do by ourselves together with my dad, we're not doing that much in 3D drawing and CNC cutting. We, we do a lot just by hand
0: <laughs> oh, really it's the That's um, how it is, yeah. I, lo- I love the look of your f3a plane uh, the, everything about it the color scheme but it's just uh, it looks like a beast it's, it's just a beast of a plane but it, it is uh you know a, a phenomenal model have you made um are you still flying that model or have you got a new a newer version of the pandora
1: uh i've i flew it uh, last year at the words yeah i modified it a little bit and i've planned to make something new for this year for the european championship but after everything was canceled the this project slowed down a little bit and it will be finished this winter th- uh, so to have it ready for next season yeah. that's the plan but it's a little bit uh, based on the Pandora just modified it again to make it even better. That's the idea. We will see how it, how it will work.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You never know until you get it in the air and fly it. But I'm just looking at some of the models that you've got. And, um, the BD five jet is, is amazing. I was watching a YouTube video today of you flying that model. And you know, some might may say it's not the prettiest plane, but I've heard they fly quite well. How, how does that BD five fly? It's got a big wingspan, Is it a three meter wingspan that, that model
1: it's it's three and a half meters wingspan yeah so it's really big and it's a 66 percent size so it's a it's really big but the good part was that the the full scale plane is obviously not very big (laughs) so you could do a normal model with a big size but still in a good transport size so it it is definitely something special it doesn't look like a normal jet like we know it but I always likes the different planes and not do what all the other guys do. Yeah. So yeah. we we really liked it and we started this project in 2013 and finished it finished it in 2014 and it it flies really really nice. It flies very slow and you can do low passes with almost no speed and but it flies very good in aerobatics as well. Knife edge amazing because of this very high fees. Mm. And just the, the look is so different compared to a hawk or albatross or whatever. Yeah, it just makes it very interesting, in my opinion.
0: It does. I I do like them, and actually, that was I was going to ask you a question, but you've answered it about it's knife edge performance because you wouldn't think such a short fuselage, but it's a big fuselage. So it's it's good to see that it, it handles. We see we need a plane that can handle knife edge because you have to have a good aerobatic plane that can handle knife edge. And just looking on the um. The other aspect that i notice that you're very involved in is the gliders and the large-scale gliders and you've talked about your dad being really into it uh do you enjoy flying gliders as well
1: yes definitely i I really like it I, i grew up with gliders and i'm not having that much time normally to fly the gliders compared to this year but normally there's not so much time but i if i do it i really enjoy it and i really like to do it if it's thermal gliders or if it's aerobatic gliders everything makes really a lot of fun
0: yeah yeah now with the build service that you offer you get to build some really great models um are the customers coming to you and saying Gernot just build me the plane and then you work out the, the scale detail and pilots and things like that or how do you work with your customers when it comes to building building models
1: it's it's completely different from customer to customer. I, I mostly do building service for for the kits we offer, like vd D five or gliders or whatever, and then we then I just it depends on on how the customer likes it. So it, everything will is discussed with the customer, and then we we find a way to make it as good as possible that the customer is satisfied and happy with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, if if anybody out there that's listening to this hasn't followed Gurno on Facebook, go on go on Facebook or Instagram and follow Gurno Brookman because you will see some of the models. You're very good at putting up great great photographs and stuff of the models, which uh, we keep it going because we love seeing the models. Because it's it's one of those things that I think that um, the European scene for giant scale aircraft is probably leading the way in the world. Americans aren't too bad down here in Australia we don't see many really giant models there are a few you know we have a a a man down here that built a a 747 turbine airliner and that's just amazing very very big plane but uh, it seems like there's a bit of a movement in 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 the German market and the Austrian market for giant scale where are most of your customers coming from?
1: Uh we mostly have uh European customers. Germany, Switzerland is quite popular for our gliders. And but we always have somewhere else in Europe customers, but only a few going abroad. A few to US, we we sold a few to Australia, but it's mostly based in Europe, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to see. I love seeing uh, all the videos that uh, come from Europe and the, the, some of the events and things like that, which is uh, which is excellent. So everyone, go and have a look at uh, the GB Models website because uh, you will be amazed at some of the models that uh, Gurno offers. A web address is gb-models.com and you'll see all the details there. Now, let's just talk about about some of the models that you've got Uh how many models do you actually have in your hangar that you own? Because it seems like you have thousands. But how many models do you actually own?
1: <laughs> I, I actually have no idea. It's not a thousand, but I really have a lot of planes, definitely. Mm. I'm a little bit a collector on this side. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, because it's funny. I, was, I, really um, have... <laughs> I, I saw a video where it said you, you were flying a really big um, clipped wing cub. And you said, you know, you're looking forward to flying yes. this one again. And I'm thinking, well, Gunnar must own that one as well. Now, how many others does he actually have sitting in? Where do you keep them all? Because they're all big. You know, there's...
1: A- <laughs> uh, space, space is always a problem, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um. But um, we rebuilt we, we, we our house and workshop five years ago. And we... One, one part was a little bit bigger hangar to have just more space for our own planes and customer planes. And it's, it's still okay. There's still some play, uh, place left, but as you say, all these big planes need a lot of space and, but yeah, I just, I just like the big planes and yeah, I, I I'm collecting many of those diff, different kind of planes. And then I have my competition planes on the other side which i mostly sell after two or three years depends on on the plane and that's then the other side
0: yeah now with the competition planes what what planes are you currently using for for you know imac and for say pattern
1: Um, in in pattern i i always use my own planes since 2011 and i always have two or three planes here in in my hunger to to be ready for the contests and on i side excited uh, i was flying the Quill models for a very long time i had a very good cooperation with them but since the last i don't know three years i think i, I stopped a little bit this cooperation because i'm i mainly focused on on fba and so IMAC was not that important anymore and I wanted to to go back to my own Yak fifty five and I flew this one first time at the shootout in two thousand and eighteen. And since then I, I I use use this my own Yak fifty five in IMAX side and this works very good for me and I like the look of it and how it presents and that that's so my, my favorite favorite plane at the moment for IMAX.
0: Now, is that is that model a composite model or is it a, a balsa ply construction?
1: It's a, a composite fuse <laughs> Actually, the fuselage fuse is from two thousand and one. The mold of the fuse Oh really? And we just modified the the wings. It's a form wood wing, and we, we just modified it a little bit for modern sequences. And this one fl- uh, works very good with the DA two hundred and could reach very good results until now i'm very happy about it
0: okay and are you are you actually making those planes yourself so are you you know building the composite planes yourself
1: yes that's how that's yeah. how we do mostly with my dad together he's doing the wings and i finished the planes then and that's how we do it oh, that's amazing
0: i i didn't realize that you were actually building I thought you might have outsourced that to another company to build the, the composite planes, but uh, well done. Well, well, in saying that, there's not many people building composite planes as big as uh, what you are. Your planes are, are generally massive, which is what everyone likes to see. So please don't stop. Keep it going because we love it. Uh, and, of course, you said your patent plane is your Pandora that you've been flying, and and uh, as you said earlier, yes. you're looking at making some modifications to that one. Um as well and is it something that uh you'd like to 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 build on with this manufacturing side is it something that you'd like to grow and become sort of a bigger manufacturer or are you happy to keep it quite small and very focused
1: it's always hard to say but our interest is to keep the company quite small just my dad and and myself and this makes it a little bit easier and of course, the delivery time for the customers is longer, but so we can keep the quality and everything we can focus on, on our side and uh, we, we prefer this way Yeah. to do it.
0: Yeah. The, uh, you know, it, it's a good way to go really, especially with that giant scale, because as you and I know the market for giant scale models around the world is not very, very big. Uh, it's quite niche, So keeping yes. it small and maintaining the control is probably a good uh, a good thing. Now, when it comes to uh, your competition aeroplanes, whether it be iMac or Patton, what are you looking, what do you like the airframe to do? Like, what are you looking for? You now, we always talk about precision, but... Um, you know things such as roll rate and uh, you know the weight of the plane. What what is your aim uh, that you're striving for in those aerobatic models?
1: Um, first, I'm always focused to have a little bit something different than all the others. That's that's always interesting. And then it's of course it's important that it flies precise and every every position if it's normal flight upright on upline on downline in knife edge as straight as the plane flies as easy as it is later on in the competition definitely it has to roll good it has to snap good so that's the main main points definitely
0: yeah well at the end of the day you still have to move the sticks on the transmitter so just want to talk a bit about <laughs> your flying and your approach to practice uh you know it, it, when i ask different competitors this question about what is their regime you know what do they do they have a a structured way to practice or not i get very varied answers what is your uh, practice method uh, when you go to the flying field
1: that's of course different from from category to category but of course if i go for i'm a uh, for i make pattern or FvP, it's it's very similar you you practice the knowns first and then you always try to focus a little bit on the unknowns as well because they are they're very important and i i have the luck that my dad comes with me very often for practice so i'm not by myself because in my opinion if if you always practice just by yourself it's it's you practice, but if you do some mistakes, some small mistakes on one point, you cannot see them anymore. And mm. if somebody else is, is looking above your shoulder, he, he can say, oh, come on, there is a mistake over here or over, or over there. So I, I like to go practice with my dad or very often with some other friends who can help me as well. This this makes it a lot easier and, of course, a little bit more interesting than just staying there just by yourself.
0: Yeah, it was actually I was a, a a gentleman in Australia, Eddie Edwards, is his name, and he was a very good pattern pilot and competed in the world championships through the eighties and into the nineties. And when I asked him this question, he said he was flying by himself and he became he he was practicing his mistakes very often. And he yeah. said it's always yeah. good. And so he, and what you find is some of what he, when he'd go to a competition, he would really you know that's where he could see what what he was doing wrong and talk to the judges. Is there any area of your flight that you are still trying to perfect? So, for example, snaps or something like that, or is it more just trying to get the, the sequence flowing as it should?
1: Of course, there was always some some main problems. They they change as more you fly, but of course, snaps are always a little bit the problem to have them stop perfectly, to have the plane going on on the same line and everything like that. But in pattern, there are so many points you have to to look for. All these this, this have to be the same, to have the line before and after the was the same length, and so many small points you have to look for. So it's it's not just going through the through the maneuvers. It's many many points you have to look for.
0: Yeah, are you counting as you're flying to to get the timing right? Uh,
1: what do do you mean? How many flights? I no, do, no, or?
0: like. But for example, when say you're doing an upline and you have to do a full roll in the yeah. upline, are you counting one, two roll, one, two, you know, to how do you, how are you managing the airspace with the different maneuvers? Um,
1: maybe at the beginning of the practice season, but not at the end anymore. Then it's just, it I just feel. comes like this.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, practice makes perfect, as they say, and, and a, a lot of practice is needed. There's definitely you've been you've been competing for a long time, and as you said, you were you were born into it, and you almost had no choice. And and thankfully, it seems like you really <laughs> love it. How have you been able to maintain that passion and that intensity for error modeling over such a long period of time? Because most of us would burn out if we were going that hard.
1: That's a good question. I have this question to myself very often. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are sometimes weeks where i'm not very motivated to practice or to go out to fly but i think that that's normal to everyone but at the end for myself it makes it very interesting again all the time because i do so many different categories and fly so many different planes this makes it for myself very interesting and very fascinating to to do this model airplane sport Mm. if i would do maybe only veteran maybe I I cannot do it for that long time but everyone is different but for me I will really enjoy it to to do the practice for the competitions but if the contest is over and I had a good result and good good time I really like to go out with a glider or with a jet and just having some fun and enjoying oh. this this great sport and great hobby
0: yeah so so flying different models does help and uh, Do you feel pressure when you go to a competition because you've been so successful at all different levels uh, and different categories? Do you feel pressure to perform or not?
1: Yes, definitely. (laughs) Mm. It's not, not, not getting easier if you, if you're on the top and if, if you win very often a competition and then you get second in, in one, one other contest and then they say, oh, what, what happened? Why are you only second? But at the end, second place is a very good result, and yeah. so it's the, the the pressure is definitely high. But I think everybody who who is on top on contests know this pressure, and everybody handles it different. But at the end, we we have to handle it and try to make the best.
0: Yeah, and I, I think you you handle it quite well. Uh, that you know I agree that I I could imagine the pressure that would be on you. Do you get nervous before? You have to fly a sequence?
1: Yes, definitely. I always have the problem at the beginning of the competition that the the first flight is always terrible. I'm always too nervous on the first flight. And but when the competition goes on, it it gets a little little bit more relaxed. Still very focused and concentrated, but a little bit more relaxed than at the beginning. Yeah. That's how it, it mostly is. But if if you go to a world championship and you see you can you can finish on podium then it's still very different and i'm getting nervous before finals and all that so yeah well with, with
0: pattern there's so many rounds and and you know you have to qualify don't you to get into the final round so it's yes uh, it, it's too much for me i'd be too but,
1: nervous uh, at the end it's just the finals which count so even if you have a good preliminary and semi-finals at the end you can lose everything. So yeah you have to be you have to do very good fights until the end
0: well let's just talk about some of the gear that you've got in your pattern planes especially uh motors i saw you using are you using uh counter-rotating propeller system in your pandora or
1: what are yes you i I use, use the contour prop system since since a long time it really fits very good to my flying style because I like to fly a little bit slower and the, the brake and everything is very good on this Control prop systems. Um, since 2017, I used a, a contour prop system from Chedi from Czech Republic. Yeah. They, they made one and it works very good for me and I have many flights on it and still runs very good
0: and so the, and that is the jetty provide the motor as well
1: yes it's a complete system complete. it's engine gear props and spinner oh okay yeah that's and, how this system comes
0: and what about um ESC Are you using a jetty ESC as well to go with the motor
1: yes of course I, I use the jetty Mason ESC which has all the telemetry for the jetty transmitter yeah. So this is a very good combination. So I have all the information on my transmitter display, and yeah. to see how many m's I use, how, how long I still can fly with the battery, and so on. That's very good.
0: Now, are you applying brake on the downlines manually? Like, have you got a switch uh, set up for, yes. like, for ESC braking?
1: No, this is just with the with the swaddle stick. Oh, okay, that's how it. How I
0: because I was watching one of your uh your flights I think from the world last world champs and you could hear a noise like the breaking noise on the downlines yeah. uh kind of thing the uh which is amazing now what about servos what are you what are you using for servos
1: um I'm using in all my planes high-tech servos since many years now they, they work very good they improved a lot in the last years and I always like to to use them in my plane yeah yeah, oh, but
0: no, actually, the majority of my airplanes run high-tech uh, servos. Nearly all of them, actually, and I always, yeah, really like them. And their their new range is just even better. Again, the batteries. What about batteries in your pattern plane? Um,
1: different. <laughs> I have not yeah. mainly focused on one battery brand. I I use the normal ten S set as everyone runs with about four thousand five hundred to five thousand milliamps, something yeah. like this always try to to keep the plane light this is a focus for me definitely
0: yeah especially in pattern uh it's an important thing now you're obviously sponsored by a number of different companies uh who who are some of those companies that you work with
1: uh very important company which i work with is definitely since many many years the company Heps. uh this was my my first sponsor next to to my parents and <laughs> I still work together with them I think it's 17 years until now so it's it's not only sponsoring anymore it's a good friendship and it's you think that that's something very important and I, I always like to, to stay with a company as, as long as possible because I don't like to to switch every year to something else yeah. like many others do I think that's not the, the right way yeah I agree and
0: I noticed that uh, Revok is a sponsor.
1: He used those bags since many years and they are very good and protect my planes perfectly.
0: Yeah, they're amazing. I I, I dealt with Zibig, his name from uh, Revok. Yeah. Ito Segev said to me, his name is Zibig and it's actually what he calls himself. So Zibig at Revok does an amazing job and, and customizes, uh, you know, um, fuselage, covers and things like that so uh definitely take a look at uh at revok the when it comes to uh you know when it comes to some of the models that you build under the the gb models brand do the sponsors uh you know do you use the sponsors product in, in most of those projects as well
1: yes definitely that, that's how i do it i i'm not using any other brands and this this works since many years it, if, if it goes on with electronics i i use the the, the yeti system on transmitter side hmm. esc side i i used as i said before all the high tech servers if it comes hmm. for gas engines i i use desert aircraft engines since many many years which which work perfect in in every size and i use ks mufflers to all these engines Ficon props since many years now, so yeah, they're great. it's all, all good systems.
0: Yeah, I'm a big uh, I'm a big fan of quality gear. I, mean, I always say that, you know, actually Edo Segev used to say this to me. He said, you know, if you're going to go and fly a model airplane, it's all for fun. And the worst thing is when you have a model that doesn't fly well or is not reliable. So you're better off investing your money into good gear so that you enjoy yourself the most. So, and I, I, I agree with that. Now, outside of the competition, you do visit a number of uh, f- flying events and you do a lot of demonstration flights. Now, how uh, this year has been a terrible year for events. As, as we know, everything's been canceled yes. pretty much. But in a normal year, do you enjoy going to those non-competitive kind of events and doing demonstration flights?
1: yes definitely it's always nice if there is a big crowd and if everybody likes what you do and of course i i i love competition flying and that's my main focus but i always try to do a few big events to just show flights or fairs where you can present the planes that's that's great and there are always some good friendships and you always see see people you you like and it's great to present something new you built in the last year and that's always a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. What you've travelled a lot for your flying. What are some of the uh your favorite places to go and fly?
1: That that's a good question. <laughs> I, I, I really saw many, many different airfields and I saw very good ones and not so good ones. But at the end it doesn't matter if the airfield is perfect, but if the competition is nice or the event is nice and the people around are nice that that's the important part definitely
0: yeah now you do provide a building service does do first of all do you enjoy building model airplanes or is it like yes
1: definitely it's i enjoy to do it because i think if if you're not enjoying building model airplanes it's not the right job <laughs> yeah. but I really enjoy it and it's, it's always nice to see if the customers are happy afterwards with this plane and with your work that's, that's something very important
0: well it's uh, I, I doubt that any customer has ever complained about anything that you've built because and as I said earlier often we see them uh, in photographs and uh, there's just not a bad model that you've built as far as I'm concerned everyone is looks amazing even down to The schemes, you know, like on the on your uh, on your website on the on the the models page, the 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 banner photos of uh, looks like well, are they they Swift gliders with the Red Bull schemes? Yeah, the Swift. Uh, Yes. Is that something you enjoy doing as well? Is planning out the schemes and applying those schemes?
1: It's it's different. Mostly the schemes are made from someone else. I'm not that good at designing the schemes. (laughs) I'm then painting them or putting the stickers on but it it always depends sometimes I give it to a good friend who does amazing paint jobs for example my new green bd5 is made by by uh, dh colorworks he's an amazing guy and does yeah. very good paint schemes and so I think everybody has uh, should do this what he can do the best and just how it works I'm
0: just looking at the bd5 in the green scheme that is just amazing. Is this that is, a,
1: all painted? This is just an, This is all painted. Yes, yeah. correct.
0: And do you know what I love? I, I'm looking at this photo, and I, it's the one that's on you put on September the 13th on your Facebook page with the big mountain in the background. Now, is this your local yes. flying field?
1: <laughs> yes, this is my my local flying field.
0: That's amazing. That the, the scenery in Austria is just phenomenal with the big mountains in the background and because in Australia often it's very flat, so we don't have these big, big mountains features like you have. So that is just an absolutely phenomenal photo. I really want to come and visit. Oh, did you see last year? Was last year the scale world championships were in Switzerland, and every yeah. photograph of every plane looked amazing because of the backdrop of these big mountains <laughs> it looked phenomenal. Oh, thought yeah. that's where I've got to go. That BD five, that is. This is true. That is amazing. When it comes to uh, you know the insides of the plane, the cockpit areas, are you doing a lot of 3D printing yourself, or how are you you applying the scale details?
1: It's it different. Sometimes it's just it's not 3D printed. It's just built by my own. Or sometimes it's 3D printed. A good friend of mine has a has a good 3D print, printer, and he helps me a little bit. And that, that's how it comes at the end.
0: Yeah. With that BD5, you use what size turbine are you using?
1: That's a 220 size
0: it's a jet turbine zone. What, what brand do you use?
1: No, it, it's a Jet Italia turbine. Okay. I had the, the same one in my, my older BD5, which I sold three years ago. And I mounted the same one inside now, and it still works perfect.
0: How long does it take to make one of those BD5?
1: That's a good question. <laughs> a long time? <laughs> uh, uh, a long time, mostly, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah i can imagine i was just watching on youtuber rami rc who's been building these airliners and uh, how much work is involved uh you know what he's been doing he he actually was 3d printing molds for you know to do composite parts but uh how what are your molds made out of how are you making your molds for the composite planes
1: they are mostly made from carbon to make them not too heavy because of the big size that you can handle them still in a good way
0: yeah, So there's a lot of carbon work inside those models. Yeah. Yeah, gee. Yes. That's not cheap, is it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, but that doesn't matter. That's the only way to do it.
0: <laughs> well, it, it's true. I think that you're you're definitely building for a certain segment of the of the market. You know, it's not a it's it's gonna be an amazing model, but it's gonna come at a price. So, you know, if, if, if you want a cheap kit, don't look at G B models because you're not gonna get a cheap kit. What's the smallest size plane that your offering i'm trying to have a look here
1: we, 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 from the gb model point we still have a few planes which are built in china and comes ready uh ready covered yeah they are of course in normal cheap prices but if it comes to the planes which are built here in the austria ones. and the bigger size of course they are not that cheap anymore yeah but we always try to keep the price good so we and the customer happy at the end.
0: Yeah. Now, interesting question for me. I don't know if it's going to be an interesting question for you, but what what do you want to do in the future with your aero modeling? Have you got any plans or any goals that you still like to achieve with with your aero modeling?
1: But that's a good question. As mentioned before, a big dream for me would be definitely to. Become FBA world champion one day, <clears throat> this would be something very special for me. But if it happens or, or no, I I don't know. I will try to practice a lot and focus on it, and then we will see what what will happen in the next years. But I will I will still focus on IMAC, which I enjoy a lot. I hope to go back to the Tucson shootout one day, which is always a lot of fun, and as well the FVP world championship is always. Always a nice event, which I hope can take place next year again, without any COVID problems. So we will see. There are many goals which I which I want to achieve in the next years, which will be maybe possible, maybe not. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, see, it's crazy. You know, you know, this whole COVID thing is really. Throwing everything up in the air. We will get over it. Things will get back to normal uh, at some point in time. It's just about when, and yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting yes. about, uh, I know with iMac, they've announced that they're keeping the same sequence for next year. They're not going to change the sequence for 2020. So by the time everybody actually gets to competing, they should be really good at it. Have they done the same with pattern? Are they keeping the same sequence uh, or is it changing? Pattern a little
1: bit different because we always fly sequence for two years yeah so the sequence with which was flown this year will be next year again and then it will be a new sequence in 2022 mm-hmm. but this was always planned in this way so even without covid it will be this way.
0: you can still go flying though you're not you're not uh, restricted in your flight model flying are you
1: no not at the moment we we had the restrictions um in april and beginning of may but at the moment we're we're allowed to go out to the airfield normally and and fly with our planes yeah you're lucky
0: well one more question.
1: we will see what happens.
0: yeah i know it's, a, it's funny i i do a news i try to do a news section in every podcast and there's just no news there's nothing happening in the hobby because there's no events a lot of the manufacturers aren't doing a lot of new models and they're a bit behind in their in their supply and so I, I get to the news section and say okay I've got nothing again we just can't go in, in Australia we're mixed some some states are allowed to fly you know don't have restrictions and where I am is the worst we've been restricted for for a while now but I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I can tell you what, Gurno, once the fields open up again where I am, there are so many new models that people have to make and because we've been all sitting in our, in our workshops building model airplanes because we've got nothing else to do. <laughs> and the, the, the bad thing is, is where I live, we're coming into the really good weather time, you know, in springtime where it's not cold and, yep. uh, and so we've got to get flying sooner or later. Now, a final question, yep. a question that I ask everybody and that is yes. What has been your favorite model? Which I know is going to be a hard question for you to answer because you have so many good, <laughs> good models.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a hard question. But I think for for me, a favorite or special model is uh, is the Yak fifty five for sure. This is my my favorite plane. I, I grew up with it. Beg- my 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 career begin of more. Uh, bad uh, big models was with the yak fifty five and my one of my big uh biggest success was with yak fifty five and i still love the look and how it flies so i think i will i will go with yak fifty five yeah look,
0: i'm a, i personally my favorite yak model is the yak fifty five i especially i love the krill yak fifty five always was a nice um nice shape but uh yeah I don't mind the Yak fifty five. I'm not a big fan of the Yak fifty four, but the Yak fifty five. Okay, I do. I do like. I like the the bubble canopy. I really, I really like. So yeah, um,
1: me too. Yeah,
0: yeah. It just it looks it looks special. And actually, that guy Eddie Edwards that I was mentioning talked about earlier that flies Patton. He actually has a real one. I've seen his real Yak fifty five. Okay. And um, that's nice. And uh, and he actually and it's
1: has. A, it's a huge plane. Yeah. Oh,
0: it's big. I, Eddie is a legend. Eddie down here in Australia's Eddie is has a lot of toys he has a hangar full of uh airplanes model airplanes race cars motorbikes everything i've been in his hangar and and that yak just sits there but he's also he he was the krill dealer in australia and he Mm -hmm. actually has a krill yak painted in exactly the same scheme as his full size plane and uh it looks awesome I, I, I think I know this picture. Yes, you know, you see that it's like a blue pink kind of kind of yeah. color and yeah it's, yeah it's just absolutely phenomenal. He's a good bloke too. And he's a really good pilot as well. So have you got we
1: need to get you to Australia.
0: Well, I don't know how we're going to do it but
1: we need to get I, I, you here. I never was in Australia. No, well, but-
0: well austria and australia is very close the spelling's are very close so we're like brothers
1: that's true yeah. just the language is a little bit different
0: uh, just a little bit but the austrians are very good at speaking english like your english is absolutely perfect and uh as i said i've been to austria a number of times for work and for play and uh it's uh i love the place austria is just an amazing country and uh you know, there's a lot of similarities between the people in Austria and in Australia as well. So I think we always get on well, the Australians and the Austrians. And you where are you yeah. where are you located in Austria? You're in the south, aren't you?
1: I'm in the south. I'm I'm on the border between Austria, Italy and Slovenia. I'm on this triangle border. Yeah. I'm close to there.
0: Well, actually, well, yeah. Do you know what? A funny story here, nothing to do with error modelling. So if anyone's listened to this and they don't want to listen to error modelling story, my family, my father's family, actually his DNA is Austro-Hungarian. So where my dad was born was Italy at the time, but now it's become Croatia, a place called Pula. And uh, so apparently when he, he had a, a a DNA test to work out what his heritage was, and uh, very, very strong in that Austrian sort of region. So we, we could be cousins or something. But your flying ability <laughs> didn't pass on to me. That's okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> anyway.
0: Well, Gurno, it's been a pleasure okay. to talk to you. Uh, you I know, really appreciate you spending yes. some time with me. And you are a legend. And I hope you know that. Thank you. And, and thank from, you. from everybody uh, that flies model airplanes, thank you for, for giving us something to look up to. And not just the flying, but also the models that you're building. Uh, it really motivates people to want to work to that level. And and I think we need people like yourself and your father really helping us at that level to, to really keep us motivated. So a big thank you to you. And, of course, thank your father for me as well for the work that he's doing, especially with the gliders. And I like them all. I'd buy every one of your models. I'd buy the gliders. I'd buy the aerobatic planes. I'd buy the pattern planes. So congratulations Gurno you're a, you're a legend of the hobby thank you very much
1: keep it up thanks a lot it was good to talk to you definitely
0: well, there you have it good chat with Gurno Brookman I'll tell you what I get I get chuffed when I get those kind of guys onto the uh, the podcast not that I I don't like talking to anybody on the podcast but to get the big names uh it, it takes a bit of work sometimes especially the international guests and lining up the uh the timeframes and what i've found is some people are really quick to respond and and say yes and then others are oh, i don't know uh, but uh Guernot was very quick uh sent him one message and replied straight away saying yeah it sounds good uh i think he would heard of flat Out rc which helps through some of his connections in uh in Austria, like martin brandmuller and those kind of guys so a uh, big thank you to Gurno, and i hope you enjoyed that that chat with uh, with one of the world's best so I hope to bring you some more. I've I've sent out a lot of invitations, uh, to 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 some other big names and uh, just haven't got a response yet. But I, I keep on trying. But there's plenty more to come. I've got lots of in- interviews in the bag, uh, from uh, some some great local guests as well. Now I wanted to have a bit of a chat about uh turbine jets. Now pff, my friends always say that I keep on saying that I've got a jet. Yeah, I have got a jet. But I, I recently did a video. Uh, in the past week that I've released about uh, what's inside a turbine jet and the reason why I did that video is one I wanted to produce a video just to have fun producing video but secondly I thought I wanted to do something around my learnings of a newcomer to turbine jets that uh, often in our hobby it's hard to find out information about the nitty-gritty stuff when you're trying to get into it and you know, we learn through experience. We go to flying fields and we can learn that kind of stuff. But when you're sitting at home and you're trying to decide whether you should invest in the turbine jet or not, it's pretty hard. And I was fortunate to have a you know a couple of people help me. You know, Greg Escort, uh, Paul McCarthy, some of these known guys down here in Victoria in the jet scene. Uh, you know, if I've got any questions, I know I can go to those guys. But still, I had to get it right in my head. And it wasn't until I got the plane that I realised how easy it was. And I wanted to share that experience. And, you know, I'm not an expert in, in turbines by any stretch of the imagination, but ha- having one now and looking through it and understanding how it's all connected, it comes together pretty, pretty quickly. So I talk about how there's been a big shift towards turbines and, and you know, a lot of manufacturers are making more jets. You know, look at Pilot RC are continually coming out with new jets now. And that's really in response to a demand that exists out there in the marketplace. Uh, and as uh, so I reach over to turn my phone off because the head of the peanut gallery is trying to call me. Anyway, uh, yeah, the, the the jet thing is an interesting thing because what we're seeing is a lot of people getting into sport jets and things like that and and a lot of them are the guys that are traditionally flew aerobatics, uh, you know, 3D and that kind of stuff and I suppose they're seeing some of their idols like, uh, you know, Jace Doucet, Gurno Brookman who we just had on, uh, Martin Pickering, who we've had on, on the show. These guys are really embracing turbines and, and giving it a, a good crack. And, and we watch these videos and we get stimulated and excited to want to join in the fun. And for me, getting a jet was about uh, being able to attend jet events and, and join in uh, and just a different different flying experience. I bought a, a, a secondhand Skymaster Viper jet. And I think one of the barriers that people have around jets is the expense. But when you think about it nowadays, compared to some other models, if you're going to go and build a a, a, a top-quality 100cc aerobatic plane or a plane for iMac or something like that, which is going to be a, you know, a large-scale kind of thing, we're talking about 120cc motors and up, you're going to be paying in excess of $6,000 easily. I know one guy that he said $8,000 by the time he put the DA-120 in it, Extreme Flight 100 cc you know, good batteries, good servos, and you'd be paying you know eight hundred to a thousand bucks just for servos for those kind of planes. That it does add up. And nowadays, with some of the jets, you can get set up for a similar amount. So it's, it's really horses for courses. That do you want to spend money on a large scale aerobatic plane, or do you want to get a turbine? It can be done. And the good thing is, that you can go and grab something like an Excalibur smaller jet, um, sport jet. That that you know, yes, the turbine costs a bit, but. Uh, you probably get away for about five grand to, to, to five and a half, six grand max to get something like that up and running. And uh, you know, one of the jets that I, I saw um, on the Martin Pickering YouTube channel was the Saab Lizard, and that, that seems like a, a relatively decently priced uh, kit. It's not a massive jet, but composite model looks really good. Looks like it's easy to build as well. So lots of choice there for the turbine flyer. Interested to know what you guys are thinking, why you've made the shift to turbines, and you know, always send me a message or something. Jump on the Flat Out RC website, send me a message, and tell me why. But interested to know or on the Facebook page. Uh, you know, respond to to any posts about this podcast as to what you think about uh, turbines, but the popular thing at the moment. I can't wait to fly my jet. i have actually been on my simulator practicing. To get ready for the jet, and so hopefully, once we get loose and can fly again, I'll be out there with my turbine jet. So, look if you if you are thinking about getting a jets, jump onto the Flat Out RC YouTube page. Just get onto YouTube, type flat space out space RC into the search, and you'll find the Flat Out RC page, uh, and you'll see my latest video that I've done, just talking through my experience of explaining what's inside a turbine jet about to leave already packing come with me i'm not really asking we'll get away to a place where we don't know that's all i have for you today here on the flat out rc podcast thanks again to gurno brookman for joining me and thank you all for listening make sure you subscribe and don't forget whilst you're in the mood for subscribing to get onto the flat out rc Facebook page and Instagram page uh, and YouTube channel, and subscribe to those as well so you stay up to date. Uh, keep an eye out on the Flatout RC Facebook page for any live streaming events that so I may get online and uh, muck around with a few friends. Maybe invite you to jump on to Real Flight and join us in the Flatout RC server, and we'll uh, see if we can get a few people on there and have a bit of fun. So really appreciate you making the effort and the time to listen to myself and the guests. Hope you're getting some value out of it. And guess what? I'll be back next week to do it all again. So talk to you then.